All right, good morning. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right, are you ready for Christmas? It's coming in just a few days, and we're going to celebrate Christmas uh, today. And then again on Christmas Eve, we are looking forward to our Christmas Eve services, all right? And so that is 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve. I'd like to invite all of you back and bring somebody with you uh, and just uh, have a great time. We're going to have some... Uh, Hot chocolate for you, just kind of a casual service. Sing some Christmas carols, tell the Christmas story, uh, worship Jesus Christ. It's going to be a great family-style service that night. So I want to encourage you to come back either at 4 or 6 o'clock. If we can get all of our regular folks to help us out by signing up online. In the email that you should get from our church, there would be a link to sign up. If you would sign up this week and let us know uh, what service you're coming to. If you have guests coming, don't worry about signing them up. That's not a problem. We'll have room enough for everybody because we're splitting into two services. And we will make sure that... That we are, uh, you know, obviously keeping everybody as distance as possible, but have everybody in the house of the Lord for Christmas Eve. So that's uh, Christmas Eve at four o'clock and six o'clock. Six o'clock service will be a nursery provided for those uh, three years of age and under. And so that'll be more for uh, children as well. We have something special for the children at six o'clock as well. And so looking forward to that this week on Christmas Eve. I'd like to welcome all those joining us online as well. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we also on the back, on the way out, on the welcome desk, there is some invitation cards to take and give out to somebody about our Christmas Eve service. So invite some folks to come with you. And also there's a connect card. And if you have yet to connect with our church, we'd invite you to take a card and fill out with the information you're comfortable giving us, especially an email. Email is the best way for us to connect with you, especially as uh, restrictions change and we uh, get new uh, guidance from the government. The best way for us to get information to you of what we're doing, how we're, uh, how we're doing is through email. And so I know our pastor sent an email out uh, with some of the restrictions that change for other people. People didn't change for us. And so here in the church, we're still under the same restrictions we were. And so our pastor sent that out through our email. If you're not getting our email, please take time. Even if you've been here for years and you're not getting our email, stop. Fill out a card. Give us your email. We'll get you on the email list so you can get all that information given to you. And uh, looking forward to uh, moving forward in the new year. Uh, also, let me know that we are collecting money right now for our Christmas offering. So every year at this time, we take an offering for somebody else. And these offerings this year are going to go for uh, some of our missionaries. The Nibbies over uh, in Europe there are collecting some money for tracks and a roof for their building. So we're going to send some money toward those projects. And we'll take care of those for them. And then also Brother Bartley down in St. Lucia uh, has a lady in her church that has a definite need in her house. They're trying to work on that for her. And we're going to help take care of that financial need. I've been to St. Lucia now four times to visit uh, the Bartleys and visit other missionaries down there. Uh, Knox, I like St. Lucia. I just love the people down there, and they invited me to come, and I've been able to preach in St. Lucia, a very needy country, and the gospel is going forward in St. Lucia through the missionary work there. And so uh, those are the needs. If you want to make a donation, you can do that online through our online platforms. Uh, I can help you with that afterwards, but we have an email address you can e-transfer to, or we have an offering box on the way out there. The welcome desk, you can slip an offering in there. Just mark it for Christmas offering. We'll make sure that goes to that need uh, as we as we uh, collect those in, we'll collect that up until the new year, and we'll send those off to the missionaries and take care of those needs. All right, we're looking forward to uh, this morning. Got some special things planned for you. The kids are going to sing for us this morning, and so we got some of our kids. Uh, I know that uh, not as many as be, have been coming. There's some uh, sicknesses going around, obviously, and some restrictions and different things. But we have a number of our kids ready to sing for you. A little video prepared for you. So I hope you'll enjoy the service today as we celebrate Christmas this morning. I want to invite you to stand this morning. We're going to begin by singing a Christmas carol this morning and celebrating uh, the birth of our Savior. And so let's all stand together and let's sing, O come all ye faithful. 
joyful and triumphant. Let's lift it up before we hear from the kids this morning and let's sing together. Oh, come all ye faithful. sing in just a few moments. The kids have been working really hard on this, and we're excited. They're going to sing a song called When We Seek Him. And so before they come, we're going to watch just a short video that they put together for us, and it introduces the song they're going to sing. And so you watch now, and then the kids are going to come sing for us this morning. What is a wise man? A wise man is a man who's rich and wise. A wise man is somebody who walks to Jesus. Male, few males, that bought a few pilots to the Lord Jesus. Goodbye. What is a wise man? A wise man is someone who is smart and wise. Ones are very smart guys, and they follow the stars, and the big and the most fam famous star is Jesus' star that God put to combine three stars together to make one big star, so, and shine it down to Bethlehem, where God's son is.
may watch the star the wise men follow. How big was this star that the wise man followed? It was this big. It was this high. How big was the star? This big. How big was the star wise men follow? It was this big. How big is the star? It sounds so bright that the whole, whole, whole world can see it. How big was the star? At least it was big in my house. Or like this little tiny. It's my little baby brother. How big was the star that the wise man followed? Huge! They could see it from the east.
right. Thank you so much, kids. They did a great job. That was awesome. We're going to stand together and continue to sing this morning. So let's all stand together and sing Angels from the Realms of Glory. Let's lift it up in that first verse. Angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. Ye who sing creation's story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Shepherds in the fields abiding. Watching o'er your flocks by night, God with us is now residing. Yonder shines the infant light. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Let's sing saints before the altar. Saints before the altar bending, watching long in hope and Sing that last verse, sinners. Sinners from with true repentance, wonder, guilt to endless pains. Justice now revokes the sentence, mercy calls you break your chains. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. All right, we're going to sing one more song together and it's all about what we're celebrating this month the birthday of a king so let's lift it up together in the little village of bethlehem the birthday of a king in the little village of bethlehem there lay a child one day and the sky was bright with a holy light or the place where jesus lay Burn! 
song. Thank you so much. Jesus is the light. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. What a wonderful song, and that leads us right into our message this morning. So if you would, please take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Christmas is just around the corner, six days away. People will be running around like chickens with their heads cut off this week, quite literally. And uh, they're just going to try and get some last-minute things done. There will be people buying groceries for Christmas dinner. There's going to be people buying stocking stuffers from the dollar store. All of the men will be frantically, frantically searching on Christmas Eve about 11 o'clock, trying to figure out the perfect gift for their wife. It's going to happen. I will be there. Join me, won't you? It's going to be nuts out there. Preachers all across the world are going to say something very similar to this next statement. Sometimes in the hustle and bustle of the holidays, we miss what Christmas is supposed to be. We miss what Christmas is truly about. It is about an almighty God coming down to earth in human form for the express purpose of saving those human beings from their sin. Listen, Christmas is a fun time. I like Christmas. I enjoy snow. And uh, we don't have any. We were supposed to get some yesterday. I'm very disappointed. Uh, some people are accusing me of not having a very good prayer life. So I said, challenge accepted. And so I'll begin praying harder for more snow. But I enjoy Christmas, and I enjoy uh, all of the things that are the traditions around it. But so often we do, we forget about the true meaning of Christmas. And if you do not hear this this year, then I think we will be amiss. But Christmas is about Jesus Christ. What Christmas has become is so much different than what our focus should be. So much different. Everything in Christmas in the Christmas story, surrounds Jesus Christ. We talked a couple weeks ago about Mary and Joseph. Listen, Mary and Joseph are only important or significant because of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, Mary and Joseph are just Mary and Joseph. That's it. But because of Jesus Christ, they are someone important. The innkeeper is only a significant part of the story because of Jesus Christ. The stable is only an amazing stable because of Jesus Christ. The shepherds are only significant because of Jesus Christ. The angels appearing only appear because of Jesus Christ. The wise men only traveled 2,000 kilometers to see Jesus Christ. Hear me, Christmas is only significant because of Jesus Christ. Only significant because of Jesus Christ. After all, it is called Christmas. Christ Christmas. You might ask this question this morning, why is Jesus so significant? Why is he the central theme of everything that Christmas is about? Why is he the focal point of this time of year? I want to draw your attention to Matthew chapter 1. The reason Jesus is the focal point is because of his names. His names. I want you to notice Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. The Bible says this, And she, being Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, notice, Jesus. Why? For he shall save 
his people from their sins. I want you to notice his name. What is his name? His name is Jesus. His name Jesus means Savior. You're going to call him Jesus for the express purpose because he is going to save his people from their sins. It doesn't stop there. Look at verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, watch, verse 23, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name. Here it is, Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The purpose of Jesus, the reason he is the central focus of this time of year, was to save his people from their sins. How in the world could he do this? How could he save his people from their sins? The only way he could do this because he was God with us. Jesus is only possible because of Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the Savior because He is God with us. Now, there are a few questions we need to ask here. There are a few questions we need to understand and kind of delve into. The question number one would be this, why did His people need saving? Why did His people need saving? Notice again verse 21, and, he shall, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. Why did they need saving? Because of their sins. Because of their sins. Again, for those of you who may not know this, sin is anything that breaks God's law. Anything that breaks God's law. In fact, Revelation chapter 21 tells us that this could take on all different kinds of forms. Even lying. Now, don't raise your hand this morning because I know the truth. But how many of you have ever lied? Oh, I didn't say recently, I said ever. Ever. Listen, we, we all lie to some extent or another, or we all have lied to some extent or another. That makes us sinners. The Bible even talks about being selfish is a sin. Listen, I am selfish every day of my life. My wife's sitting right down here. You can ask her anytime you want. She will be more than happy to tell you how selfish I am. It's ridiculous selfishness. Listen, lying and selfishness are sins. And listen, the list could go on and on and on and on of sins that we have. But listen, sin is breaking the law of God and lying and being selfish is breaking the law of God. So if we are liars or selfishers, that was a joke. Okay, come on, lighten up. It's not even a correct part of speech. But if we are those things, I want you to understand this morning that we are sinners. I didn't say that. God says that. We're sinners. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 through 12, the Bible says this, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Listen, you can sit here this morning and deny this fact. You can sit here this morning and say, no, I'm a good, good person. Listen, the Bible tells us that there is no one who can do good. In fact, in Isaiah, the Bible tells us that our righteousnesses, the things that we think are good, they are as filthy rags in the sight of God. 
They're just garbage. Throw them away. They're worth nothing because, listen, we in our sin are worth nothing. You might think, well, that's not really that big of a deal. Sure, I've lied. It's not that big of a deal. Politicians lie every single day of their lives, and they're still in power. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, I've been selfish before. But it's really not that big of a deal. Everybody is selfish. I want you to understand this morning, you may not think that sin is a big deal, but it is the biggest deal. The biggest deal. If you're in the habit of writing things down, I want you to write this down. Sin is what separates us from God. Sin is what separates us from God. Sin is what keeps us away from God. I don't want to get too far back into the story, but the first sin separated Adam and Eve from God. They were walking with Him, talking with Him, spending time with Him. They were full of great times with God, and then they sinned, and that sin separated them from God. In fact, it got them kicked out of the Garden of Eden. I want you to think about this. God is life. God is life. Just heard that song, God is life, God is light, opens our eyes, he's everything, he's truth. Jesus is the life, the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, I want you to understand, God is life, but hear me, sin is death. Sin is death. Sin brings death. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, maybe you know this verse, for the wages of sin is death. Wages of sin is death. But the wonderful part about this is that the gift of God is the eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, sin is death, but Jesus is life. Listen, I want you, there is nothing more opposite than life and death. Sin brings death, Jesus is life, and they, those two cannot cohabitate. Those two cannot come together. So literally, Jesus came to save his people from death. Notice Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He's going to save people from their death. Sin condemns us to die. Hear me, and you may not like this, but here's the truth. Sin... Or with sin, we amount to nothing. With sin, we amount to nothing. We're no good. As much as we want to try, we are no good. We cannot do anything good to God. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 that we fall short. Everything we try to do, we fall short of. If you will, with sin... We are literally just skin and bones and a lot of hot air. Right? Come on. Skin and bones. Some of us have more hot air than others. A lot of times we can talk a pretty big talk and tell everybody how wonderful we are. Tell everybody how good we are and what we've done for humankind and how amazing we are and this, that, and the other thing. We can tell them all we can continue to tell them. But here's the reality. Most often we continue asking ourselves, isn't there more to life? Oh, listen, I work a good job. I have a great family. 
wonderful house. I have all these good things. But isn't there more to this life? Isn't there more to life than just things? Isn't there more to Christmas than just presents? There's a particular trend that's happening in our culture right now. And for lack of a better phrase, I'm calling it this. I am worthy mantra. It's the I am worthy mantra. Basically, this idea says that we need to think positively about ourselves. Pump ourselves up a little bit. Hey, you are worthy. You are worthy. The idea is everyone is worthy of something great. You can do it. You've got this. Again, it pumps us up. It helps us to notice our self-worth and our self-importance. Again, it says, I am worthy. The question is, worthy of what? The reality is, our culture says that you are worthy to do whatever you want to do. You can't, nobody can tell you who to be. Nobody can tell you what to do. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. And listen, this stems from mostly mental health. There are a bunch of people that are down on everybody else. And people, especially this time of year at Christmas time, struggle with their mental health. It's a very difficult time for some. And so to hear something positive like this, hey, you're worth something. You're worthy. You are able. You can. You got this. It can be. done. all of these different things that you hear during this time, listen, that could really positively impact some people. But hear me, there's a problem with this statement that I am worthy. Because let's be honest, everything I do turns out into a mess. Everything. I'm going to give you a few examples. When I try to fix my marriage, you're laughing already. When I try to fix my marriage, guess what happens? It gets worse. Because... I'm going to make my wife do what I tell her to do. Ha, <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Right? When I try to fix my finances, guess what happens? I make it worse. I make it worse. When I try to be the right kind of leader, I'm going to make people follow me. They're going to hear my voice. They're going to do what I want to do. Listen, that makes things worse. Everything I do. Everything I try to do ends up being worse off. Doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter what I accomplish. And listen, I might be sitting here this morning and I might have financial success, but my family's a mess. You might be sitting here this morning, you might have a wonderful job, no friends. Listen, everything that I try to do ends up worse off. I can try to pump up my self-esteem. I can, I can say, I can do this. I can do this. I can conquer this. I can conquer this. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I think I can. I think I can. But the reality is, every time I do that, it gets me further and further down the disappointment trail. So let me ask you something very important. Are you worthy of saving? The whole point of Jesus Christ was to save his people from their sins. Let me ask you, are you worthy of saving? Let me ask even a better question. Is a sinner worthy of saving? 
All right, now I'm going to peek your humanity. There's a gentleman drowning. You know everything there is to know about this guy. You know that he's a pornographer. You know that he cheats on his wife. You know that he beats his kids. You know that he's stolen some things. You know that he continually and continually and continually gets high. You know that he just lives like a bum on the street even though he has a wife and kids. You know so much about him. He's drowning. Let me ask you, do you save him? We've got a bunch of self-righteous people here today. You cannot tell me that deep down inside of you, you're like, it's no big deal. He's not worth, hear me, he's not worth saving. Now listen to me. If you think like that, you're not unnormal, okay? But I want you to understand, that's not the right situation. That is not right. The reality is, most of us think, I am worthy, I am something special, everybody ought to save me because of who I am. Hear me. I want you to understand this. Sin condemns us to death. We are worth dying. I don't like saying that. That is not the mantra of our day. But that's what the Bible says. The Bible says we are worth dying. Sinners are not worth saving. It's not worth me who loves my wife, who loves my children, who is at home every night, who spends time with them, who is trying to love and protect and keep. It's not worth losing my life over to help that guy. So listen, sinner is not worth saving. So the second question is this, why would he save them? Whole point is for Jesus to save his people from their sins, but why would he? In fact, David says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? I'm just nothing. Why would, why would anybody want to save me? I'm a sinner. I'm going to give you one word. Love. Love. Why would he save them? One word. Love. John chapter 3 and verse 16, probably the most famous verse in all the Bible. For God so loved the world. Why? That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave everything. I want to show you the next verses, Romans chapter 5 and verse 7. For those of you who may have tossed aside the last illustration, I want you to read this verse. For scarcely for a righteous man, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Hear that? For scarcely for a righteous man, Romans chapter 5 verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man, a good man, a wonderful man, would someone give up their life 
Peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. Well, I might think about it. But listen, verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The reality is, listen, all of you are like, oh, that makes me feel cringy that there's somebody drowning and I wouldn't be willing to save them. The Bible tells us, scarcely, oh, there might be a, just a prick in our stomach, man, like, oh, I should probably do that. But we know who he is. We know everything about him. We're struggling with this decision, scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Maybe for a good man. But hear me, but God, in our dirty, rotten state, in our despicable, disgusting place of sin that condemns us to death, when we are there, God commended or showed his love to us in that while we were still sinners, while we were nothing, while we were just absolutely filth, Christ dies for us, died for us. There is no reason why we should ever be worthy of salvation. Hear me. There is no reason why we should ever be worthy of salvation. We have done nothing good. We're not worthy. We can't do anything good. We can't be good. We can't obtain good. We are good for nothing. But God loved us. But God loved us. And this is the reason we celebrate at Christmas. Listen. The birth of Jesus Christ was the beginning of the end for my sin. That's why I'm celebrating. I am nothing turned into something. This is the reason, because God love, God's love reached down to us in the form of His Son, Jesus Christ, and God sacrificed His only begotten Son for one purpose, so that we could be saved from our sin. If you're going to write it down, write it down this way. Jesus died so that I could live. Jesus died so that I could live. I'll just give you a general principle of life. Here it is. Sacrifice creates value. Sacrifice creates value. I want you to play along with me, will you? What is this? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, good. You guys are brilliant. Okay, this is a basketball. This is a basketball. This basketball is maybe worth 10 bucks. Maybe. That might be a stretch. But guess what this basketball is? It's a combination of rubber and air. That's it. Not much there, not a whole lot there. It's round, it's got a barcode on it, it's got a few different things. It's a Wilson. Well, let's be honest. This basketball hasn't done much. Mostly sit around our house. Every once in a while, we get bounced in the house, to which we always say, don't bounce the ball in the house. 
hasn't done a whole lot, taken out a couple times a week. I want you to understand something about this basketball. This basketball is really special. This basketball has a name on it. Can you read that name? Might be a little difficult for you. It says Caleb. I know it's primitive, but that's what it says. This basketball is special because it's my son's basketball. My son takes us to practice with him twice a week. Passes it a little bit to his buddies. Bounces it around. Has a good time with it. Does his best to shoot it in a 10-foot hoop. This basketball is special. It's his basketball. Now, if I was going to auction this basketball off, how much would you give me for it? 100 bucks? Ha! <laughs> 50? If it was for a good cause, maybe somebody would give me 25 bucks for it. Maybe. But come on, it's got Caleb's name on it. Surely it means something to you, right? Most people wouldn't, wouldn't even give 10 bucks for it, what it's worth. What we bought it for. Now imagine with me, you're going to have to imagine now. Imagine with me, this basketball has a different name on it. Imagine with me, this basketball has a signature of Michael Jordan on it. If this basketball had the signature of Michael Jordan on it, this would be an amazing basketball. Would be. This basketball is capable of doing some amazing things because the name Michael Jordan was on it. It's capable of bouncing almost 2,500 times in a game. Michael Jordan touching it for a lot of that time. It's capable of going through the hoop over 70 times in a game. In an NBA game. It's capable of being passed, stolen, blocked, dunked, shot from a three-pointer, shot fadeaway, shooting free throws, crossed over, dribbled. Listen, this basketball is capable of doing a lot. I mean a lot. Now, if this basketball had the signature of Michael Jordan on it, how much would somebody pay for it? Thousand? Two thousand? Five thousand? I saw one on eBay worth ten thousand dollars. By the way, his shoes that he wore in the game, millions. Because of Michael Jordan. Now let me ask you, what changed? It's still just a ball. It's still just rubber and hot air. Not even hot air, it's probably cold air. What changed? The name on it. That's it. You know what? It's not even the name. Listen, I could put my name on this ball. <laughs> it would be worth less. Listen to me. It's not the name. What is the na why does the name Michael Jordan even mean anything? Why? It's not because Michael Jordan is something special. Hear me. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. It's because Michael Jordan invested his life into basketball. He gave his entire life to it. When everybody else was sleeping, guess what he was doing? Practicing. When he would spend an hour in practice, 
he would, when, excuse me, when everybody would spend an hour in practice, he would spend two, three, four. He, listen, the only reason the name Michael Jordan means anything is because he invested in the game of basketball. He sacrificed himself for the game of basketball. Michael Jordan's investment into basketball makes this worthless basketball worth $10,000. Don't miss that. Michael Jordan's investment into basketball makes this basketball, signed by Michael Jordan, worth $10,000. The question, or the statement is then this. Jesus invested his life into you. Hear me? He gave everything. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that he was God, equal with God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but came in the form of a human being. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Listen, Jesus Christ died for you to make just a shell and some hot air worth something. Listen, you're not worthless with Jesus Christ. Without him, you're worthless. With the name of Caleb on you, with your name on you, you're worthless. I'm sorry. I, I, I hate to tell you that with Johnny Yeomans on me, I'm worthless. But with the name of Jesus Christ, why? Because he invested in my life. He died so that I could have eternal life with him. Far more, worth far more than $10,000. The question is this morning, will you just accept him? He's already invested. He's already given it all. He's already paid the price. Will you accept him? Will you trust Jesus to take your worthless life and make it valuable? Will you accept his investment in your life? He's already invested. Don't miss that. He's already invested. This Christmas, the greatest gift, the greatest gift that you could ever give to someone else or that you could ever receive is Jesus Christ. It's the greatest gift. Do you know him? Do you know him? Have you accepted him as your personal savior? If you haven't, then today I hope you will. And listen, if you're sitting here and you think, yeah, I've already accepted Christ. Can you, can you remember something? It's only because of him that we're worth anything. We're just sinners saved by grace. That's it. Because of Jesus, we can have an eternal home in heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Father, thank you for your investment in my life. I am not worthy. I disappoint you daily. I struggle to find time to even spend with you. But yet you loved me. You forgave my sins. You died on the cross so that I don't have to. 
Thank you for your investment in my life. And Father, if there's one person here that sits here today or Father online that does not know you, has never accepted you, has never trusted you for their personal Savior to save them from their sins, then Father, for today I pray that you would do so. And Father, may you get the honor and the glory for it because it was your investment. Pray all these things in your name. I'm just going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. I want to ask you, and I want to mean this sincerely. I want you to seriously think in your heart this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior from your sin? Not as the Savior of everyone else's sin. Your personal Savior from your sin. Do you even realize that you are a sinner? Do you trust that Jesus came to pay the debt of your sin? If you do, won't you reach out to him today and accept his investment into your life? If you have any questions about that, we want to help you. So maybe you sit here today and you want some help, you want some more information about this. We would love to help you with this. Here's the deal, though. You just have to ask. We can't see your heart. We don't know what's going on. Only God knows. But if you need help with that, you have to ask. We're ready to help you today. We want to give you some time to make a decision. Maybe your decision today just needs to be, I'm going to seek out Pastor Yeomans, Pastor Levi, Pastor Holland, or one of our wives, or some other person that I know can help me know Christ today. Maybe your decision needs to be, man, I think of myself far too highly. I need to remember the investment that Jesus gave this Christmas. Whatever your decision is, let's give you some time to do that right now. taking some time to talk to the Lord. Listen, Christmas is only Christmas because of Christ. He invested everything. So as you go from this place today, don't let 2021 just be another Christmas. Let it be an invested Christmas, one that you can get a hold of and that you can give your life to, something that's bigger than you, an invested Christmas. If you have any questions at all, we want to help you with that. Please, I'll be, my wife and I will be right here at the front, more than happy to help you. Uh, Pastor Hall and Pastor Levi will be out back. They'll be able to help you. Love to help you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. You just have to ask.
All right, that's all I have for you. We want to remind you of our small groups this evening and then our Sunday night Bible study going through the book of Romans, looking at the law. And uh, excited about that. If you would come tonight at 6 o'clock for that, we'd love to have you. Thank you so much for being here. You are dismissed. Your great name, all condemned.